Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 130 of Fileboss TV, your wow and game rating show. Normally, of course, but today is a community spotlight episode. I am your host, my name is Adam KAKA Bay, and today I am sitting down with two very talented nerds to go over the Lost Codex, which is a YouTube channel that you may or may not have heard about. Hopefully today I will help spread the love across the internet and you guys will find something else to enjoy and partake in your binge watching, which is what the internet's for, right? Cat pictures, food pictures, and binge watching. That's about, that's about all I can think of that is why it's for. But before that, of course, I need to shout out over here on the Final Boss TV Patreon. Thank you so much to the growing support on Patreon. There's going to be some more changes on the horizon in the future. First and foremost, however, I want to make sure that you are alerted to the fact that there are additional podcasts on the Patreon channel. These are the behind-the-scenes podcasts. Not every episode gets these. There is one, however, going up for this episode later on this week. There will be a... Jesse and I sat down to prep the show yesterday. This is about a half an hour of us just being dorks and talking about the show and setting things up and talking about the Lost Codex. So if you want more show, if you want more podcast, it is available to patrons. Details, of course, on the site. And, of course, a big shout-out to Truffles, Ludovicus, and Tazlin, and now R4, or Raxus. He's R4 around these parts for your assistant producer support. Thank you so much. But the guests on the show today, it's guest time. Introductions are in order. First up, Jesse, hello, welcome to the show, sir. Hello, you seem to be a spinning globe of sorts. What is, hello? Hello, hello. Yeah, I don't have a webcam, so I will not be here in uh, in person, so I'll be here in globe form. I mean, you're only known for your voice, though, right? So, I mean, who needs to see your, I, I, I don't actually have a body. I'm just, oh. I'm just a, a floating so, entity. Well, I could put a floating picture of your face right now. Oh, there you are. Oh, oh gosh. God. Oh, oh, gosh, it's oh, happening. No. Chat. Chat, it, he's floating by. Well, we have to. I have to show this off. So, because the pirate beard comments need to. <laughs> Are but you that, gonna make pirate beard trending now? Oh I, God! Can't, I mean, it, it's, you're known for the voice and the pirate beard. That's 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 correct, right? To you, to you, and only you. You are my biggest, my <laughs> biggest pirate beard fan. Yeah. The only pirate beard fan. No, absolutely. But Jesse, the writer, director, and the voice of The Lost Codex, thank you very much for your time. If you want more of this face, then you can check out day two of my base take from uh, BlizzCon this year, because I did interview these guys again. That was the first foray. Today's the real deal, Jesse. Are you ready? No, but yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then over there, we also have Jeffrey, the real brains behind the operation. Hi, ah. Jeff. Hello. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. Are you ready to talk about how you do all the work and Jesse just gets famous for it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. But this is the editor, producer, and artist. Uh, we're, we were working on the show notes behind when we were setting this up, and, and Jesse just said that put art guy under Jeff and voice guy under his, but I, I put a little more than that, so 
I think that's that's totally fine. But that is that is what these guys do. And we're gonna go through introductions and stuff now. So I guess I'll just go back over to to Jesse first. Do you wanna introduce yourself and uh tell the internet a little about you and, and what you do and don't answer the lost codex question yet, just but but who the heck are you, sir? Who am I? Yeah, um, who are you? I've been working uh with Machinima on Machinima for the last, I want to say, seven years. It'll be seven years this BlizzCon. Um, I'm writing and directing Machinima. Um, and voicing. I do some some voice work in some of the past Machinima, but this Lost Codex is the first time that I've really done majority of the, of the voice work. So, yeah, I've just been uh, writing and directing Machinima for the last seven years, uh, or six and a bit. That's who I am. How, so, over half a decade... Yes. Uh, holy crap, we put it in that perspective. Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my, actually, the very first uh, thing that I ever wrote for Machinima was uh, Boom Diada Wow uh, back in the day, back uh, in the Rise to Power contest, I believe in 2009. I uh, early, this. late 2009, actually. So I guess it's longer than uh, six years. And that's kind of what set me on the track. I wrote uh, the parody to the Discovery Channel commercial Boom Diada. I wrote a Wow parody and I sent it to. Irdeen, the uh, machinima artist, said, hey, what do you think of this? And next thing I knew, Jesse Cox was on board, Oxhorn was on board, yep. Matt Greenberg was on board, and it uh, won a special mentions in that contest, which was kind of cool. That was kind of my first introduction to machinima, and then after that, I kind of dove right in. That's awesome. What about you, Jeff? Well, who who, who are Jeffrey, you? Uh, Hi. I've been uh, making machinima for since when, I think? Like 2008, 2009-ish. Um, I started way back in the day when uh, The Sims 2 was a thing. Oh you could gosh. like, yeah, you could you, you could like record things, and suddenly there were like people posting videos, and I'm like, what? That's kind of cool. I could guess I could do that too. So I grabbed my uh, my Windows Movie Maker and my Sims 2 game, and I was off. And then finally, I just found the the I found the the, the WoW model viewer basically. World of Warcraft and mm -hmm. started doing quite the same. Gosh, so you guys have that's somewhere in the ballpark of about and that's 15, 16 years between the two of you almost between just building Machinima together as a team. I mean, once you collaborate it all and smoosh it all together. So that's wild. But uh, I guess the next question I had was how did you both start working together? How did your Sims into WoW model viewer transition into meeting and getting together with uh, how, did, how did the two of you get started I guess how did how did that all that memory lane trip happen I don't know who wants to start with the memory lane trip though Jesse you want to indulge all us right. uh, I'll indulge let's go back to BlizzCon 2010 Ooh. Uh, yeah, the movie that contest was that was that a good one, one. That was, so Jeff actually video won grand prize with uh, Rocket of Love. Yep. Uh, and my video, I worked with several other people, um, came, uh, was I Am Forsaken and came second place. And that was my first introduction to kind of uh, BlizzCon movie making. And, we, you know, I thought it was cool to come second place and the uh, looking at the, the grand prize guy. And that was really cool. You know, there was a lot of... Uh, custom animations that Jeff did in his that we didn't have in ours. And then uh, following year, uh, our team 
Fry and Forsaken kind of drifted apart. Uh, some of us drifted apart, some of us mm -hmm. didn't, and we were in need of a new animator, so I kind of put uh, the call to arms out there through Irdeen, the guy who did Boom Diada, and I got an email from this Jeff guy that said, hey, I'll work with you. <laughs> and I said, this is the guy who kicked our ass last year. Let's let's uh, let's hop on board that train. And honestly, ever since, it's it's just been a team ever since. Jeff and I and another fellow by the name of Wallad worked together. He's... Uh, He's taken off professionally. He's a music composer, artist. He's one of those guys who just excels at everything. Oh, He's yeah. one of those Euro European guys who just was born with every gift on the planet. So wasn't Jeff Wallet like, and uh, I... Yeah, wasn't Wallet's uh, music like used in a trailer for the Warcraft movie, for some, for example? Yeah, his like, trailer was, his music was used in the Warcraft Legendary Pictures. Oh, wow. Yeah, like he's, he had a big... Um, so we uh, we teamed up for a couple of years. We actually placed in, in uh, 2011 BlizzCon... Outbreak Loderon, and then uh, Jeff and I, Wallet kind of focused on his own stuff a couple years later, um, and Jeff and I continued to make Machinima, and yeah, we actually started off as, he beat, our, he beat us back in 2010, and then he said he wanted to work with us, and the rest is history. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny actually, because, because I won like the grand prize in 2010, I was, in 2011, I was like, uh, I don't really need to enter because I already won the big thing. And then, <laughs> yeah. of course, this little thing like, oh, wait, I can actually work together with people. That's something I've never tried before. Let's 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 try it out. And, well, we've been working together ever since. That's wild. I, I know how the chat, of course, is jumping on the whole Jesse Cox thing <laughs> with, uh, with working with him. Have you... You guys haven't done anything with him since, though? Or has that still been like a... A possibility to go and like do collaborations that outside of you, or are you guys just too far right now? You're focused on just what you know, building the brand and building the Lost Codex and and staying together with that, and not trying to, I guess, overreach and and find out more that you can chew. So we used to uh, kind of only make one to two videos a year uh, for contests and stuff like that, and we kind of worked together on every most of the contests in between. Um, we worked, we actually, there was a couple years in a row we worked with the same people over and over. We had a awesome cast of amazing voice actors. Jesse Cox has been in most of our stuff together. Yeah, um, Matt Greenberg is an uh, awesome voice actor as well. We had um, voice actors by the name of Rarbug. Uh, we had Diva Gregory actually star in a couple of our videos before. So we actually, we've collaborated with quite a few people over the years. Um, but it ultimately, it, it, that's kind of shifted since since the Lost Codex kind of mm. appeared. So our machinima kind of stopped in favor of something bigger. Yeah, we, we still work uh, regular day jobs uh, as well, so there's only so many hours in a day. Exactly. Oh, you're you're preaching to the choir when it comes to, like, everyone in, in my little circle. Like, can we get two shows a week? You know, can you stream more? Why don't you do... I'm like, I mean, there's only so much that I can... I can actually work on all the time, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that an actual picture frame? It looks like Scrooge McDuck. It is, absolutely, it is. Yep, it's a chat picture, and right next to Deathwing, of course. Yep. Yes, that that is in fact Scrooge McDuck on my wall. <laughs> so how long? Not even apologizing. No, you shouldn't. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so how long have you been playing uh, World of Warcraft then? Because obviously the the Lost Codex is very focused around World of Warcraft lore. So, Jeffrey, how long have you been playing 
playing WoW and what do you play in World of Warcraft? That's what chat's going to screw you over right now. Okay, so you know, Horde Alliance, what do you play? Um, you know? Let's see. I think I started playing, not, not at launch, because, well, back then the computer I had was, like, terrible. If you jump into the canals in uh, Stormwind, you would, like, jump into a brightly colored block. And so by the time I got an actual <laughs> good computer for my 16th birthday, I think... Yeah, 10 or 11 years uh, I've been playing World of Warcraft now, and I've basically been playing the most uh, my mage. That's just been uh, my main for uh, all that time. And what what race is your mage? Just to make sure everyone knows. It's a gnome. Hell yeah! <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's Again, not apologizing. Hell no. Shouldn't know what's wrong with that. You basically back in that back in that day, you had like two choices: either a human or a gnome. Mm. And humans are bland as fuck, so yeah, I'll I'll allow it. That's fine. Yeah, we got some some known rabble rousing in in chat now. What about you, Jesse? How long have you been playing WoW? And what do you what do you partake in in the game? What do you play? I uh, I've been playing since January two thousand five. Uh, started just after Christmas and. My first character ever was a dwarf hunter, uh, and I didn't get very far on him, so I made my gnome warlock. So I, I too play a gnome, but I, I actually play a couple classes. I play yeah. warlock, paladin, and uh, hunter. I actually play both horde and alliance. But my <laughs> oldest character since January 2005 is also a gnome, uh, but I have played horde back and forth as well. So Fair warlock, enough. I would warlock, I would say is my main. Paladin would be my my second main. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I played... My original character was a, a male night elf, purple-haired druid because, <laughs> you know, I was much younger at the time. Didn't realize what I was doing. Um, and then I've been... I've been... I was Draenei Shaman, then now I'm a panda. Been a Pandaren Shaman since Pandaria, so... But I do have a gnome now. I have my little gnome survival hunter, and she's awesome. So gnome hunters know, are the flavor of the month, and they're the best flavor of the month. <laughs> it's, Definitely. it's the mechanical pets baseline they should be like mounts that's, though that's just awesome and plus you know the, the gnome hunter that's in high mountain she's awesome too yep oh uh, <laughs> are you talking are you talking about diva yeah no maybe oh, maybe <laughs> yeah that's true so I guess now the big question is and, you know, why we're here to talk about stuff today, and we'll get into way more of this as we go through. We've got a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff to look at. We've got some process, like how to how these shots are built, that how, how Jeff weaves his magic or his voodoo or whatever um, for the Lost Codex and, and the Holocore as well. And we also have, after the mid-show break here, if you are waiting for it and wondering what what's their next video going to be. I mean, we'll talk more about that, of course, but we actually have a sneak preview of the next Lost Codex video that's going to be going online soon, so stay tuned for that. But the whole point, Jesse, what is the Lost Codex? The Lost Codex, like, like the channel or like where it came from, like the idea? Both. Both. Also, okay, yes. We'll, we'll, yes, we'll do both. Okay. Uh, so the last, we'll start where it came from, uh, kind of goes off to what you're saying earlier about uh, working on other projects and how I said we only work during uh, competition time. And I was just racking my brain on what, what we could do that was actually like 
that was consistent, what we could do that we could put out content for. Right. And uh, there's a time where Jeff and I were working on some script ideas for like animated shorts. I wouldn't say like Lords of War style, but they were going to be lore based. And it was going to be very much like uh, not in a narrative um, disc- uh, like uh, documentary style, but more of an actual storytelling, like uh, like an actual story through machinima. And that didn't actually work out, but that kind of blossomed the idea for the Lost Codex. And hmm. it started, I, I, I was reading Twitter one night and I came across Samwise, uh, one of the artists at Blizzard, the right. artist at Blizzard. And he is, he's, one of his mottos is ABC, always be creating. And I kind of read that and it really, it, I'd always, I've always read it before, but when I read it that time, I was kind of beating myself over what we could what we could do. It just like I couldn't come up with this idea and I was kind of beat myself up over it. And then I saw ABC and I thought I just it kind of stuck with me. I fell asleep, woke up the next morning and the idea for a narrative, uh, dis- like a uh, documentary style uh, lore channel came up hmm. with the added uh, with, with visuals, something that w- wasn't done before because uh, I knew Jeff knows what he's doing. Jeff has always excelled at that part. So I thought, what if we combined those two, my love and knowledge of lore and writing and his uh awesome artistic capabilities and that's where we kind of i shot him the idea he's like all right let's let's go from there let's talk about it and kind of two months later bam first video was out you guys haven't even i can bring up the youtube channel right now because we had brought this up when we were prepping um and and you this has come up before in passing with your your comments and whatnot and you we're saying that some of your earliest comments, because your first video is only 10 months old now, which is the the Black Empire into the Black Empire, you know, parts like one, two and three. But I think you if I quote you correctly on this is you have some comments that were like, where the hell did you guys come from? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's we when we started, we we didn't really have like a set style on what to do. So it was very I said when we were kind of doing talking over the the slides the one thing the one thing that's challenging about doing machinima is it's just it's so time consuming to do those big scenes like when we did uh uh road to war road to war is one of my favorite projects we worked on but holy hell that was a a lot of like the amount of visuals there's one scene where jeff has like a, a the building of scene and it's just a lot of a lot of visuals in there so i thought you know if we're going to do a channel based on this we have to make it simple we have to make it but still engaging. And so we kind of went with the slideshow idea, but then Jeff, you know, added his magical artistic flair to it. And then people were commenting like, where did you, I got emails like, where did you guys come from out of nowhere? Suddenly first video is this, this video where we're usually there's like a buildup of like of talent, but because Jeff and I had been working together for five years, we already knew how to bounce off each other. We already knew how to work. So when the first video came out, people were like, uh, hi, who are you? <laughs> Yeah. I, I guess that is definitely a thing. I mean, yeah, that was the like, the first part of the next one is that who had the idea to build these highly polished videos? And it looks like it, it sounded like it was a definitely a collaboratory effort and a little bit of trial and error at the beginning. But you didn't really have very many steps to get to where you are now. I think there's been refinement, but there was yeah. never like a let's let's test this style and then this style and then that style. You basically just had sort of one goal from the get go. Yeah, we, we started with like uh, the the like the storybook kind of uh, idea, 
mm-hmm. like like pages, and then the pages would like fill themselves in with, for example, like uh, the the old gods and their minions and little tidbits of information about them. And after that, when we started working on the Holocore idea, it was like, okay, well, that's uh, the the storybook idea is nice, maybe for like the the the, the broader story. But if we would like to um, focus on smaller subjects, like for example, we've worked on a lot of uh, videos about the the legendary uh, the legendary the artifact weapons uh, right. for a legion, um, and we sort of like rolled into the Holocore for those. Um, but yeah, the, the the visual style was like kind of a bit of trial and error at the start, but by the time we went live with the first video, we already pretty much uh, nailed it and just went on refining uh, ever since. And that's that's the next, like, the other follow-up question, too, is because the Lost Codex, and, you know, why we're here in the name of the show and the spotlight and whatever and the channel, that's that's the whole overarching goal. And as Jeff just said, the Lost Codex is sort of more of, like, the bigger, broader topics because you have a sort of a splinter video or I guess series or or like focus called the Holocore, which like what is what is the difference between the two videos itself? Like what why what is the Holocore and what did it come to be? So the the the, the Lost Code even though the channel is called the Lost Codex, we when Jeff and I are talking and discussing what kind of video format we're going to do, we discuss it as Codex format or Holocore format. Oh, okay. And the Codex format was the original, as Jeff said, the storybook telling. It's kind of the, the fantasy that Jeff's kind of woven into the channel is this in Azeroth kind of uh, teaching. So like this is this is some corner of a, of a library or a sanctum in Dalaran or something like that. And there's this this tomb, the, the tomb, a uh, tome of knowledge uh, called the Lost Codex. And it, there's it just has a whole it has everything in it, every piece of information. Now, this is not canon. This is not anything like actually canonically in lore. But the idea okay. was that there was I guess this, anyway. This, not yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was this giant book of just of history, and then there was this guy, this narrator, uh, who was just just talking about it. And then there was the uh, the book would the pages would fill themselves in, and special effects would come up because it's a magical book. It would you don't need to explain it because magic is the answer. And then we were talking about how could we show weapons with that, and, and Jeff suggested something like a slideshow, but. I think briefly we discussed having like a like a camera spotlight, like just like a camera lens go like on, on a wall, and as if there was like a gnome behind the scenes with like an old fashioned, um, kind of a projector. Hmm. I think that was discussed briefly, oh, yeah. but then we came up with the this idea: the holocore is this Titan device, this um, device you would find in Ulduar or Uldum or something like that that has files and systems and I've, I've always liked that part of the titan lore and ulduar lore is it's very technological but also very ancient right basically and, like ancient computers and basically it would be an ancient computer with the projector idea and we uh, jeff came up with the idea what if the actual projector was the globe from the intro uh and we actually we didn't really have a name for it uh for the Holocore until the night before the episode went live. It was still, we were like less than 24 hours away from our very first Holocore episode and we we didn't have a name and I sat in the car with two of my buddies uh, just, I think for five hours we just shot out names and then finally we decided on Holocore and Jeff's like, that sounds good, we're doing it and we just locked in and the rest is history. I'm going to bring up the Lost Codex building block 
on the uh, the screen right now just to show the stages it goes through just because this is the the foundation of like the layers and the uh the, the logo itself and it's and it's building this one doesn't have as many slices as some of the other ones i'm going to show in a moment here but yeah this is this is can been... i get a, can i can i give a little backstory on that yeah actually? absolutely go for it so actually we so this our channel went live in uh april of last year so last march is last end of february is when we started talking about this and i went on vacation in march i went to orlando with two of my friends and I remember I got to the hotel and Jeff and I talked about an animated intro and I said that the animated intro is is key. If we're going to have this professional look, we need we need to make it look good. We did not discuss at all what the animated intro was going to be. So I got to the hotel, opened my connect to the Wi-Fi and Jeff's like, here, how's this? And he sends me pretty much this. <laughs> there was like there out of nowhere. And I said, where did this come from? And he's like, I don't know. I just put it together. And I said, this is it. This is, this is, we're done. This is our intro. We, we tweaked a little bit. We tweaked the background a little bit, but there was no like, oh, let's, let's discussion. This was all a hundred percent Jeff's intro. And it just came out of nowhere. I was, I watched it like six times and then I showed it to my friends and they're like, oh, I thought you said you didn't have an intro. I'm like two hours ago we didn't. And now we do. So yeah, that kind of just, I appeared in Florida and there was an intro and it was, we settled on, we tweaked, I think one or two things, but otherwise Something like the I think the fonts went through like two or three choices until we ended up with this one. Oh, okay. But yeah, like the the general like the the colors of the letters and uh, the the O uh, using the globe that was like in it from the start. Yeah, that that was what blew me away was this like hologram style, and that's kind of what I think started the the holocore idea was with the, with the hologram holographic ideas uh, or little uh, image that he used. So. That intro that you see is, and I think we also tweaked the background slightly. We we the desk wasn't the same, but otherwise the whole concept of it was all him. No, it's pretty wild. I, as my viewers and chat would know and stuff like that, that I've I've been an editor for a very long time. I do like, I would say more like formal editing. Like I'm a videographer essentially, where I would record like scenes or B-roll or. Uh, interviews with doctors and part like that because I work for Florida Hospital now for almost four years until very recently where now I'm fortunate enough that Final Boss TV and, and sitting here and, and making things and doing shows and streaming and stuff like that, that was my main focus. But so I've, I've been an editor for a very long time, went to film school for it. I've edited uh, film or digital. And there is a lot of things that I, I know how to do. I know how to work cameras and I know how to, you know, in, in splice all this kind of stuff like that before and, and After Effects and, and Photoshop and Final Cut and Premiere. But there's been a thing that I've never learned. I'm not graphically, like, gifted. I, don't, I can't make graphics or understand or build those parts of this stuff. So when I first saw the channel and just the way that everything i'm gonna switch over here to, to the b-roll and just play part of the suramar video which is the next thing we're going to talk about so might as well bring that up is the the amount of let's just rewind this here real quick the amount of effects and because i understand like how many layers must be in these projects or how many pieces of the puzzle go together with this i don't know how to do it but when I watch these, when I watch other really high-produced YouTube videos from other YouTubers, I'm like, wow, that really is impressive because there's so many parts of that whole. 
And then when I found out that you guys, that Jeff basically does everything himself. <laughs> Which is technically why some videos take a bit longer to get done uh, compared to other channels. But yeah, that's the price you pay. Because you're you're splicing different effect layers into like official Blizzard art, into your own yeah. foreground layers, your own traditional elements, your own model viewer pieces, your own After Effects work for all the effects and particles and lighting changes. And there's so many little bits, and I'm going to save all of that behind the scenes stuff for the next segment. But I just, it's it is a really baffling part of this whole thing that there's this that much that goes into it i mean you do all of this and yep. is it all just because the i guess the what sort of background do either of you have in doing these things right voiceover writing machinima visual edits like that and, and jeff like do you before you started working in the machinima stuff do you have anything that led you into that because you said you started with like the sims or is it all just been self-taught yeah. over the years and just learning and it's basically all been taught over the years uh, self-taught i did go to uh college and i think i think you call it college in uh, america yeah university um, yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh, and studied uh, media technology but that was like uh, more on the technical side of things we did have uh, a broadcast uh, technology segment and we did shoot videos for that but we never like the one lesson we were supposed to get on like actual editing just never really happened so yeah pretty much uh, self-taught uh, over the how many years uh, i've been doing this and jesse what about you like what did, did you have anything lots of materials and well yeah, oh basically. that's very true i mean you can learn a lot of this stuff but there is there's definitely a drive to absorb all of this because unless you you, know, you get like an internship and you go to work and you basically a lot of people, you know, fake it till you make it. They learn on the job. They learn over years, but you've only been, you know, have got less time into that and you've made so much already and it can only improve from here. You have to have a foundation to, to go from. You know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's as, as the new, the new word that, that Chad brings up now, it's very rad, but um, no, it's awesome. I mean, Jesse, what about did you have anything before this that where you were doing, you know, writing or or voiceovering? And in a way, it's sort of acting in itself because you're the character that you've curated for your voiceovers is not the same as you. It's not like you're just talking <coughs> to your microphone. No. Um, so writing's always been like my biggest passion. So I, I've been writing for a long time. Um, and that's when I I, I actually wrote the Boom Diata script. I was in one of my university classes. I wrote it just because I was on this like parody kick and I just wrote it as a joke. But I've always been writing short stories and creative stories and stuff like that. So and that's why I got into Machinima because I kind of got to create my own movies. And the so the experience with writing was always there. Directing came from the screen directions and stuff like that with all of the Machinimas. Uh, and actually voice acting kind of came. I want I the very first time I voice acted, I just wanted just for like flavor's sake to say that I did it. Mm -hmm. But I I never uh, I I have stage fright in like real life so I I can't I can't talk in front of big crowds, um or so I was not was to try to do it and one of the guys we're working with he's actually in chat right here Matt Greenberg, he uh, he kind of coached me along uh, through my first my early days of voice acting, and every video I did was kind of a, a, a test testing the waters kind of and he him and I had uh, private chat sessions in Skype about just 
all sorts of different points and unofficial uh, lessons on voice acting. So I don't have any official background uh, like Jeff does, but I it's just writing's been the kind of the main focus and directing's kind of came like coming with that as well. Right. And voice acting, I guess, is something I've always wanted to do, but I kind of admitted to myself that I can't because I. I'm just not good in crowds. Like you see, just watch your video from BlizzCon. I'm awkward as hell. Hey, we're all. I mean, we're all pretty awkward. I mean, I'm. We are, we are. It's, it's, it's funny when you bring up broadcasters and YouTubers and stuff like that. A lot of us, me included, are very introverted, uh, which people don't understand. And like, but you're broadcasting to hundreds of people and making these videos. But yeah, but I'm like in my room in my pajamas. <laughs> or not wearing pants. You don't know. You can't tell, yeah. right? You have no idea. So there's a comfort level that we have in our own little our own little bubble, exactly. our own little sphere. And then when we make these things, it's our way of you know, opening up and getting out there, but it's it's in a, a controlled space that we can control. So yeah, when I go to when I go to these events and when I go to BlizzCon multiple years in a row now and when I record and make these base takes and, you know, bump into my friends and, and interview people in these little micro-interview sessions like I did with you guys, it's very much, you know, 1v1, you know, it's just just that one little session or there's, you know, two of you or three people or, or myself and we try to, like, get away from all the hubbub because there is a lot of just, in not a derogatory sense, lots of noise that's happening around and sometimes it's just it's so many people that it does after like two days of BlizzCon, I'm like, oh, I'm done for the year. I'm okay. I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I think we all it's, it's, I think we all know the feeling. Yeah, I, I get the same. It's it's weird though because I when I'm in large crowds, when I'm at BlizzCon, I'm I'm just I'm having such a blast and I'm I'm talking to everyone. Oh, absolutely. But it, it's weird if I if someone was to pull me on stage, I I'd, I'd pass out or something <laughs> stupid. I'd, I'd, I'd walk I'd walk away. I can't. So when I see people get up on stage. Uh, and or or someone go to ask or when someone asks a question at the Q and A's at BlizzCon and they kind of get laughed at later, I'm kind of like, do you know how nerve wracking that is to yeah. see your face up on screen and to hear your voice echoing? That's that's mm. that takes some some guts to do that. So I wish I, uh, you know, and I guess in time it'll it'll come. But no, I totally get that. I do. I mean, I'll, I'm going to bring up. Let's go back over to the the B roll um, stuff real quick here and transition over to the. I, I want to talk about the Suramar story, and I'm going to give a little bit of an intro here at the beginning and actually play the uh, the voice that you've created here real quick. So this will be a, uh, if you haven't heard like how a intro to video works and how Jesse becomes this character for the Lost Codex, then and here is Jesse in his, uh, I guess, new natural habitat that they've created. So here's me unmute this and I'll, I'll hit play. Welcome, heroes, to the Sanctum of the Lost Codex. Archmage Khadgar has told us on the recent push on Suramar City, and that the time to assault the Nighthold has finally come. Before you charge into Elisan's fortress and lay siege to the palace, it would be best if you had an understanding of the city and its history, as well as the sorts of people you were bound to face. Come, gather around and listen, as we take a journey 10,000 years into the past. That's all I'm given. Chat. Once the sermon on the nighthold pops up, that's it. You can go watch the rest of the video on the YouTube channel. But it's 
I want to go to the we're, we're in the BTS section now. I want to talk about like how how this stuff is is built and created and spotlighting, of course, the Suramar story and the Nighthold because this just is your this became the the largest thing you've done so far and in such a young channel. This one was on the Bnet Launcher Spotlight, the story of Suramar. It also was put on the WoW official Twitter to get it you know out there as well. They spotlight people. They spotlight Fabelina and all those artists like that too. But I guess they're they're sort of this. I don't know if it's a Romeo and Juliet story or like the right place, right time, or just obviously it's the amount of work and effort and craftsmanship you've put into these these pieces. But this is blown up in a in a regard. This video has it's it's huge for you guys. So you wanna like walk me through like how that all happened and how the spotlight has, has changed, you know, how, how things look on the channel, what kind of feedback you've gotten from this video and and uh I'm a, what you go for it. I must say that the the Suramar episode is probably our favorite episode, but it's the episode that obviously, as you can tell from the length of it, it's the episode that took the most time. Um, oh, sure. We we knew about that back in November uh, that we wanted to do a Suramar episode. We didn't know officially about any any sort of features, anything like that, uh, right away. But we we did work. Um, one of the community managers for the Warcraft team, uh, Jay, he got us. He was in touch with us. And he kind of is responsible for getting us on that, uh, on the Battle.net launcher, which was really awesome. We, we were kind of kind of excited at the idea of it, and then when it kind of happened, it was a dream come true, kind of. So we uh, we knew it was happening when officially when we got to the stages where, um, we were sending them the video privately, and they were going they were looking at the script and stuff like that. It's kind of cool to have Blizzard like fact check your script. It was actually kind of oh. kind of cool. The, uh, one of the historians, Sean Copeland, uh, I believe it was Sean Copeland, he kind of got to fact check the script. And so that was kind of, from my perspective as a, a lore nut, it was kind of cool to have one of uh, the official Blizzard historians kind of go over the script and everything like that. So that uh, we knew it was going to be a bigger episode. We knew it was going to be a longer episode, which is why we kind of had, uh, after Christmas, our Christmas special, We there wasn't much going on on our channel we were quiet for a couple weeks because we were focusing so much on making this perfect because we knew at that point there was a significant possibility of a battle net feature it's i was just playing the first like two minutes without any audio in the background while you were describing that and again you guys gotta go check out the whole video on their channel of course they've been linked in the video description below all that kind of stuff like that too but there is how so how long did it take to to build that then you said you were quiet for a, a few weeks but like how how many hours do you think you and and Jeff put into this and oh as Jeff's like mm. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so for, from my end that was yeah that uh, from my end is significantly less than Jeff obviously my end I got, had to go back because I was using both chronicle lore and in-game lore um I think usually a re average episode is two to three scripts. This okay. one went through about five to six rewrites. Wow. Um, and there and there's a lot of people comment on the video. Why did you leave this out? Why do you leave that out? And we actually, we like we had to cut some stuff out. Otherwise, we the Jeff would still be working right now. I'd still be working. On, yeah. Um, so I I think that week I put in for like a week and a half for two weeks straight. I put in easily over between the research and the screen directions and a lot of the a lot of it was just prepping because it, it kind of starts with the script and then i kind of just shove everything at jeff 
with the screen directions. I, I try to help where I can, but he's the visual master, so my my help would actually just slow things down. But I think from the script perspective, I did about 80 hours of script work, and that's that's script alone. That's not Jeff's visuals, and I right. think Jeff easily trumped that. There was, I'll let him chime in here. Yeah, I I can't quite remember, but yeah, I think we were like working on it for like two or three weeks, uh, and more bordering on the three weeks. Um, and yeah, it was basically like mostly every evening, three or four hours at the very least. And then in the weekends, of course, longer. Um, so yeah, definitely easily 80 hours as well. Yeah. He's being modest. I'd say a lot more than that. Cause I, I did 80s <laughs> with, the, with the script work. So, and, and Jeff would stay up till the, we, it's, it's kind of difficult cause I don't, no, someone asked in chat where Jeff's from, and I, I wrote the Netherlands. I'm from Canada, so we kind of have a significant gap in our uh, time zones. Right. Yeah, it's like six so hours or something. Six, seven least. hours, something like that. And mm -hmm. so I'm talking to Jeff when it's just evening time for me, and it's like 2 o'clock in the morning for him. And then when he wakes up, it's like 4 in the morning for me, and I'm still awake doing stuff. So it doesn't exactly... I think we both butchered our sleep schedule. We're, we're not exactly <laughs> being healthy right now. No. And we actually both yeah. got sick after after the sermon video. We both actually got pretty <laughs> fucking sick. Uh, yeah. Part of language there. So I think not to blame Suramar, but we're blaming Suramar. <laughs> not to blame Suramar, but you both got in real life night whale poisoning. All right, that's, that's it. Fair. That's it. Pretty yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. Just it just osmosed through the script and the, and all the visuals because you were having to look at it for so long. I mean, it's it's there is something that definitely goes. I think un known or misunderstood or just not really communicated well, which is why I bring this up, of course, too, whenever I do these community spotlights, is that, you know, a broadcaster can broadcast for 8 hours, 10 hours, 16 hours a day, or whatever, right? And people sometimes don't understand. I mean, more in my circle in the corner of the internet, they understand this, that it, it's very, very draining and it takes a lot out of you to, like, be not only try to be entertaining and awake and, like, and paying attention to chat and playing the game at a certain level and doing whatever you're trying to do, but then when you're trying to make something packaged... When you're trying to put together something that is that just takes the collaborative efforts of, of many different facets to put this whole story together in a way, it's a totally different beast. I mean, my only foray into that to a finished degree, obviously a lot of stuff has happened with my the more recent program that I've been trying to work on with War Crimes, but On My Own is done. And that's my first foray into machinima because I wanted to make it so that the character would actually sing. And these are the old models. So my modeler at the time had to try to rebone the face of a female human that only had a bone on the top of the mouth, bottom, and then the right and the left sides. There were four bones in her whole mouth. So how do you make a character with no like real features, no real modeling at the time, sing? So that was a huge just hurdle to overcome and, and build that and then scripting and then recording and then going through different uh, artists and things so I, I I feel that side of it but that was once I made that video once you guys put together these huge videos multiple times a month and of you know on a on a hope hope to build schedule but of course the bigger the video the longer it takes so yeah. people understand that but there's a lot of time that goes into these and and I guess I, how do you how do you pick the topics for these videos? Like, how do you do you have like a goal list? Do you have like these these certain topics and videos you want to hit, or do you kind of just go, you know, do you fire from the hip, or how does that? How do you guys decide and build those, um, the project, 
how do you pick which one you want to do? I guess Jesse, how do you how do you guys do that? Uh, we just honestly there there's a couple times that I've asked Jeff anything you want to do in particular, and he's he's nope. he's, a, he's a go guy. He's just like like let, let's <laughs> let's do do whatever. So I'm kind of like, what about this? He's like, sure. Um, so it's actually it, it's actually really easy to kind of pick topics, and we actually we both agreed that we should try to keep things relevant when it's appropriate so like when halt okay. trials we were actually working on a uh, on an artifact episode and i said to jeff that uh, trial of valor is coming out in a few weeks this was back in october and he so we both agreed to stop production on that and jump to our odin episode oh. um uh no that was after blizzcon it was after blizzcon because trial of valor had just come out so we, we we agree if there's something coming up so with suramar we purposefully had suramar done a week after suramar came out uh, that was done on purpose, but aside from that, it's just kind. Of, at this point, we're just checking off the remaining artifact weapons. Once those are done, it's a. Do we focus on Chronicle? We have a couple open stories, so like, uh, the next Holocore episode that's coming out this week is the Ashbringer, um, and then the next big episode that's coming out is the uh, Odin Odin's episode part two, where we we had that feature in December from Blizzard. So we're going to be continuing the Halls of Valor. We just kind of we want to wrap up current storylines. We got the Odin story. We got the uh, War of the Ancients going on, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of the artifacts. And at that point, we're just gonna kind of open Chronicle. We're gonna look at the game where we're going. Uh, we both want to talk about Argus because that's gonna be huge in the next coming months. So a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a, a tiny mm-hmm. portion of the game coming up. It's just a completely different planet, but yeah, we'll, yeah, no we'll be fine. Deal. No big deal. No big deal. No, not at all. And then I, I guess you sort of touched on it there for a moment, but I guess that the inside job and what I wonder about and what I was kind of just gushing about before the question was that there are so many different resources you guys get information from the poll from World of Warcraft. It's a gigantic franchise, game, history, backstory, the lore of the game goes on and on and on and on and on. And we're lucky that the Chronicle exists, with the second volume of the Chronicle coming out very soon, if not being shipped like now, like the 14th of March, I think people start getting there. So like the next couple of weeks. But what do you, how do you sift through all of that information? Including it's like, wow, Pedia, wow, Wiki, in-game stuff. Like what? where do you, what's your checklist of how you make sure you're getting all the right information? What do you cross-reference? Like what's the, the spider web to pull it all together? How do you guys do that? So that kind of falls with, with the script writing. When I'm doing that, I... If it's if it's relevant, I go in game and look because there's obviously the discrepancy between game lore and book right. lore and right. chronicle being updated and stuff like that. So I do use uh, uh, WoW Gamepedia um, and game lore. Chronicle is pretty much always within arm's reach of me, just in case I need to reference something on that. But there's a lot, especially with Surmar and Odin. There was a lot of um, actually no more so for the War of the Ancients episode we did. A lot of cross referencing that I had to do to make sure that I wasn't saying something that was once true and now not true or mm. was decanonized in Legion or recanonized or something. So there's actually a lot of a lot of cross-referencing between multiple subjects. Um, and actually, the most recent case would be we were working on the Ashbringer episode and there was a bit of lore that I was confused about and Jeff said that he had the Ashbringer comic from like way back and I was like... Mm. fucking hey to go to this page and tell me what happens and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually it was uh he had it right on hand because i we couldn't i couldn't find it online and i'm like i'm i'm blind right now i need something to help me here and jeff I'm like came, came sure to let me let me just get my scanner 
And he uh, scanned up a picture of it and sent it to me. And I said, okay, there we go. Let me just fix a sentence. And so hmm. uh, a lot of the older lore is is still canon, but it's it, it's hard to get access to. So that's why I'm really, right. really stoked for Chronicle 2 because we're going right into deep into Draenor stuff about that. So I'd say later this yeah. year, the Lost Codex is going to be going to Draenor uh, because Lost Codex 1 was just, the volume 1 was amazing. And our first like five chapters were pretty much from Chronicle, um, Matt Greenberg and Robert Brooks and Chris Metzen just blew it out of the park. So I think Chronicle 2 is so hyped after the 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 hype for the first volume that we're just drooling to get our hands on it. Yep, definitely. So I'd say Chronicle 1 is our main source. Uh, Gamepedia and in-game followed closely second. So we cross-reference that and hmm. go from there. Is there anyone... And in chat brought up, you know, the, the differences. And I, I, we can't keep going forward without bringing up Novel, who's been on the show multiple times before, who does obviously lore videos in a very different fashion. And um, has there been any back and forth between the two of you uh, with Novel? And, like, do you pick his brain? Or do you ever, have you ever referenced or gone back to any of his videos? To, like, is this still correct? Did he talk about it too? I don't know how. That how does that back and forth or interaction work with you guys so i never actually i think jeff actually got to meet noble at one of the blizzcons i oh. i saw him but i never actually uh, oh. talked to him okay. that was before but that was like the year before we ever even started the lost codex so okay okay um but we i, d I actually didn't know if noble was a fan of ours or if he really uh what his thoughts on the lost codex were mm. until recently in his end of year video he did a he did an awesome shout out to us mm -hmm. and he kind of he fanboyed and gushed over us, which was really cool. Uh, that was awesome. So there's actually been a couple of videos, my Odin video, where we go back and cross-reference uh, for a couple of fact-checking things. Um, but mostly, I, we haven't, we've, and that's probably one of the most common comments we have is collaborate with Noble, do this with Noble. So I definitely want to pick his brain. It'd be cool to have like a, a, a lore geek out in some sort of way, whether we record it or not. Right. Uh, with novel, but we haven't yet. But you know, it's a it's a new year, so who knows what's on the horizon? All in due time, I suppose. Yeah, it's that's it. it and and not like discredit novel at all, but there's so much to go through, and I think that a lot of it, as these, uh, do we know how many chronicles are going to be created? Is it just it might right oh. now. Right now, three. Three, okay. Because, uh, so volume two ends at, uh, I believe, the end of the second war. Oh. Volume three is is being worked on right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to be cover all of Warcraft 3 and every single World of Warcraft expansion up to Legion, I believe. So it's safe wow. to assume that when the next couple expansions come out, right. they'll have enough for content and they'll go back and they'll expand on it. Um, I don't know if we go to like two years time we go to random planet a or something like that and blizzard needs new lore they can easily justify making another right now there's only three but it's safe to assume with how popular they are and where the story's going on azeroth that volume four is all but confirmed um right i i i'm hoping if it doesn't happen i'd be very disappointed but with how pop i mean new york times best-selling list was volume one yep volume two is gonna slam that easily yep um so and it's almost it's kind of like a new age of lore right now because Metzen's gone. Metzen's out of out of Blizzard. He's kind of he's le he's left his trail, mm -hmm. and so Volume Three. I I don't know how much 
Metzen worked on volume three or volume two, but I know Robert Brooks and Matt Burns are both uh, cranking that out. So it's almost like a new age of lore where they're going with the story. So it, it'd be interesting to see uh, the future of Azeroth and the new canonizations and stuff like that. So right now only yeah. three, but I'm hoping. Ten. It's, it, it's the canonization and the fixing because there's been, there's like the branching out points that you never know. Cause obviously the, the games outside of a few points that have been fixed and cleared up in the Chronicles are all, they're all canon, but then there's the graphic novels the comics, the like the side game that is, uh, or the 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 freaking tabletop game, right? Like the D and D version of World of Warcraft. It's also not real, but there's so much in that book. So there's all these extra things, and of course, all the actual novelization that's in the games that gets pulled out, or the short stories on the website. There's all these things, and so the Chronicle really helps. One thing that people forget with uh, with a lot of those, especially with throughout World of Warcraft, why I'm excited for Volume Three is because a lot of the dungeons and raids and storylines that we've cleared up, can canonically they don't happen through us. Like like for example, Anixia's sure. first death, she's canonically killed by Varian and a bunch of random heroes. Mm -hmm. But when we did the raid back in Vanilla, Varian wasn't with us. So I I, I really want to see where Blizzard cannot um, canonizes certain things. Um, especially characters that they gave a lot of lot of new flavor to. So in Volume One, they talked about Arcadius and Ironia, these Titan Watchers, and they were level thirty five bosses in Ulduman. Yeah, that are the that are these gods. So I'm excited to see. Like, are they really dead? Did we kill them? Are they in hibernation? What's going on there? So yeah, a lot of the lore that we do in game kind of happens a little bit differently in actual lore. So I'm kind of curious to see where Blizzard ties those ends up. Yeah, how, how they're efficiently wrapped up for us to understand how they have... Because the, the video game has to exist in a certain way because it is still a video game, right? Yeah. And there's, there are You're parts of... You're not the of, hero, I'm the hero. Right, exactly. And there's certain things that are very much that we have to accept as a video game engine or part of the experience, which aren't how the story goes. So those are really interesting, so sure. But then I guess... On a more, like, general front, then, how long does a, say, one of your, you know, like, the Scepter of Ajara or the, um, you know, the Cursed Red Blades of the South Seas, like, how long does an average video uh, take you to put together from your perspective, then, Jeff, on your side? And we're going to go through some of these BTS slides now, if you want to. How does that work for you? Um, I think if I get, like, the complete script and all the scene descriptions from Jesse, for example, for like a, a Holocore episode, I can probably crank it out in like something like a, a midweek or a week or something. Mm -hmm. uh, because mostly because uh, the, the Holocore is uh, by now mostly caught in presets. So it's sure. relatively uh, quick for me to work on, unlike uh, the, the, the regular storybook episodes. Uh, so yeah, once I've got those, uh, it's probably a couple of days, uh, everything uh, included. Depends on the difficulty of the shots. I mean, if Jesse wants me to like, uh, show an entire fleet of uh, pirate ships, and I'm like, okay, let me think about that for <laughs> yeah, okay. a couple of minutes. How am I going to do that? Uh, but yeah, something like that. So I'm bringing up a few of these, like the Holocore builds. I've got the Hyln High Mountain one, your step-by-step -step going in right here real quick, just to show 
and let okay. it loop at least one more time. So these are just like how many elements you pull from. And, and this goes without trying to brag too much, but because after you've learned and built so many of these assets, like you just said, there's a bit of a, not a cut and paste, but you know what you have to pull apart and you have so yep. many assets already created, which help you continuously build these these pieces before. And uh, I will I have to bring up, and I brought this up in the BTS podcast, which is a little bit of a, a teaser for that. Jesse and I sort of went over the after effects that you do with the like the lightning fire effect that you have, like the, mm -hmm. the line work. The laser thing. The laser thing, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> What Jesse told me, if I remember correctly, is that when he puts in his screen directions, make it epic, that is sort of what what happens. I'll bring up the Titans build now. That is sort of what happens with what you've you've built. Is there anything that you 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 use that you like your signature bits? Like what do you think is a signature thing of, of how you edit these pieces together? Um by now I would have to agree, uh, the the laser thing, the the the, the the laser effect that's uh, it's a preset by uh, a video copilot which is one of the best known uh, After Effects uh, tutorial websites and mm -hmm. all that but they've uh, they've made that preset and it basically just turns uh, whatever line you can draw uh, into a pretty epic laser um, and that includes like the if you you can like, like draw lines for over the letters if you put in text or you can draw lines over the outlines of characters. So yeah, basically that uh, that effect is like become the, the hallmark of at least of the, the um, at the very least like the holocore that's like mostly built around that effect. And uh, the, the storybook um, episodes use it as well, but just a little bit less. And there's also the uh, the magic poof. Oh yeah, yeah. the magic poof. Yeah, <laughs> That's my favorite one because it's like I said yesterday in the chat. It, it could it could fit so many different feelings. It can go from corrupted fell to anything, and all, all it takes is to change the color. And sometimes yeah. I, I don't even know what we're missing. I'm kind of like we're missing something, and he adds the he adds the poof, and I'm like that's, that's it. We're right done. A poof. Yeah. <laughs> How many um. I got I got the Asarge explosion going on right now. I'll let that loop a couple more times. But how so how many programs would you say what do you use to put these together? Like what what do you what do you do step by step? Where do you pull these assets from to to create these these scenes, these templates, these shots yeah. in filmology? How do you put these together? Um I put it all together in After Effects. Uh, and that's also where I do like most of the cutting. Uh, for example, like the Yusarge, uh, um base shot is like it's a picture by um, what's his name again? Jesse, I'm terrible at names. Um, Hypnos. He, Hypnos. Uh, we'll do yes. A little he shout does. out for him. He's yeah. He's on DeviantArt. He does amazing stuff. Um, he, but yeah, uh, so I, I I I take one of his pictures, uh, cut out for example like the Yusarge in this, um, and then put him like on the page, and then I add him. When I'm when I've done putting everything in, I'll uh, start animating them so that they either get drawn in or bleed in or anything else. Um, the normal characters from the game I get from the the Wild Mother viewer um, when it decides to work. Yeah. And, uh, rest, uh, yeah. The particle effects, the 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 blood splatter and all that. Also, like various different uh, um, graphic packages that I've picked up over the years. 
I get to, it's funny, I should have brought this one up earlier. I've got the uh, Medivh versus Agewin, and it's funny because you see, uh, we were talking about the lightning laser. You just draw these two squiggles, yep. and the next frame is, bzzz, turns it into laser beams. Yep, <laughs> yeah. that's the effect. That is pretty excellent. You brought up the WoW model viewer in Skog, my current graphic artist, because Wemo now works at Blizzard, so he can no longer work with me on stuff. So Skog has been putting together stuff for, for me now for a little while, and we've been, been building things. And he has a bit of a workaround that works, so I could probably get in touch with you to get to talk to him about what he what he does to pull models. I, I wish that the WoW 3D tool was in existence and was finished as a project, but I need a coder, um, told him it's good with the language that it's written in to finish the project because the original author has uh, stepped away from it after laying the groundwork. So if you're really good with with coding and, and building programming, then let me know. Email me. Email's on Twitter. Please. Because I the, the it works now. I'll give you the link to the GitHub yeah. so you guys can, can see if it still works into a degree. But I think okay. Skog said it's not fully functional in Legion. But we have a... A new program that I was building and paying for and, and getting done for work in uh, War Crimes, which was going to be the, the next step of the uh, of the model viewer, but it's not finished and it's not done. It might hopefully it will never. Hopefully it will come to light at some point. But again, I need someone to work on it to finish it because it is uh, not currently working completely. But you could drag and drop things from the actual game files. You could actually just ping the server to pull up files and effects and models wow. and um, the whole goal was to be able to pull that out and to bring it out from the WoW 3D tool and be able to actually use it with uh, bones and rigging into uh, 3ds Max and whatnot so or yeah I, was, I also visited the the cinematics panel at uh, BlizzCon uh, last year mm -hmm. where they were showing like how they made the, the Suramar intro cinematic and all those cinematics Oh, they showed man. like some of the text they use, the, the tech they use, and it's like, ah, oh, I, I want that. That's, yeah, that would make my life so much easier. I mean, they could like, they could like put up, uh, put a camera anywhere in the world. Yep. Um, do a camera move, and then basically just like do that camera move anywhere else in the world, and it would like be super easy to mm -hmm. to manipulate. It was like, damn, please give us that, or at least like an official, always working model viewer. Because well, well, the model viewer we have now is great. It does, yeah. I think it's like being worked on like on by one person. So yeah, it's not very. I mean, they're much. only they're only human, so right. We can't expect too much, but it's like yeah. It would be. I think I've brought it up before. I, I've poked Taron Gregory, who is the the WoW, um, or I guess more of he's Blizzard in game cinematics director, and he uh, Taron's a butt. And he's responsible for uh, the Green Dragon. Oh God, I'm terrible. Isera. 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 Yeah, he's responsible for that. Go blame him. Yeah, well, that's true too. But <laughs> the uh, I some some other games, properties, AAA titles, or indie have a lot of. They have these resources that are available for the community to help build things that they're okay with making. But WoW is so much. So much stuff gets made out World of Warcraft, and there's no like official support for it. And I've always wondered why there isn't a more official way to pull models out of the game or or machinima tool or something, because I feel like how much more would get made if there was something that wasn't 
not to be rude to WoW model viewer, but janky. Because again, like a new patch comes out and the whole thing breaks, just <laughs> explodes. And then you can't make stuff, right? So they get to like find these awkward workarounds. And I, I, I never know why, because they're in gate, they're in house machinima tools. They, they make all the new cutscenes that are from last expansion, especially now in Legion, they're all fantastic. Yeah, and they're all but like basically just complete 3D animation uh, by now, yeah. actually. Yeah, but they still have to pull out the, all their resources. They're mm. not going to remodel everything. Yeah. yeah. So, and like the Heroes of the Storm team, their Machinima team stuff that does too. Like the new Probius trailer just came out. That's all 3D modeled stuff, but it's all the models come from the game files. So we can't do that as a community, though. It's tough. Uh, so I, there's a certain level of lockdown there that I wish was not as under lock and key, but mm. but we will um, we'll see. Especially that... like um, uh, there was, I think there was for like War of Draenor. Uh, they had we had a moment again that we were had like a, a camera tool that was being actively developed so that oh, people yeah. like uh, fly a camera on the live uh, wow like any way we wanted to, and that was great for taking background shots or shots of. Um, architecture that was like hard to reach, especially like in in Draenor or now in uh, on the Broken Isles, because we can't fly there yet. Right, and that's I think it it hasn't been updated for months, and that's that kind of hurts uh, our kind of project. So, I mean, we can, uh, I can, I, I should say, uh, I've basically been able to find like other ways to get the shots I needed, or like use other use other stuff, but. Getting something like a camera tool again that would be amazing. Yeah. There's a few things that I, I wish was developed, and I was trying to circumnavigate that, but again, if you're good at programming, let me uh, throw me an email. We'll talk. Oh, this guy, please. We'll talk, yeah. But, because um, it was going to be free. The whole program was going to be free when it was done, but is there anything else you want to walk through about the the video creation process or any anything you... We missed over this before we take the little mid-show commercial break. If chat was wondering, there was going to be an open little Q&A section. Um, after the, the break, we'll come back. We'll talk about future plans. We'll have the teaser for the next upcoming video that uh, these two gentlemen are putting together. And then we'll have some time to talk to chat. But is there anything from the first sections that you wanted to, to go over that we've skipped or forgotten or that you wanted to bring up? Not really. Is there anything uh, you want to bring up, uh, Jesse? Um, I'm just going through the notes here. No, we, we pretty much hit every uh, nail on the head there. Um, I hope so. The, uh, the one thing, um, uh -huh. it's kind of backtracking a lot to our to our uh, our origin story. Um, oh, more is, or okay, go for it. More origin story is the involvement. Uh, Jeff and I were on board for this, but we were kind of like, all right, like, this is a good idea to do. So we kind of asked a couple people. We asked the music guy we worked with, Wallet, uh, we mentioned earlier. And we also had some feedback from both Taryn and Diva um, and a couple other people. And I, I'd like to say that it was because of their encouragement and their advice that Jeff and I, I'll, I'll, like Taryn, was, gave Jeff some pointers with uh, yeah. some technical pointers that I just... I didn't understand what was going on, but Jeff was like, okay, thank you for all the help. So there was a lot yeah. of back and forth between just so many different parties that helped get this channel off the ground. Um, and if you go back and watch some of our earlier videos, there's a lot that's changed visually uh, uh, with the audio as well, um, aside from my voice, because my voice is always changing, but um, <laughs> that it kind of, it got off the ground 
yeah, because Jeff and I put our nose to the gr- grinder, but I'd like to also a little shout out to those people who were involved with that. Taryn Diva, uh, Matt Greenberg, Wallet. They're kind of responsible for for kind of uh, giving us a little bit of a the boost to get that channel going. So yeah. that's that's major part of our origin story. And of course, uh, without knowing, Samwise's ABC tweet, always be creating, that's kind of the the catalyst that started this all. So I don't, not many people know the origin story behind the Lost Codex. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget that part. No, that's that sounds great. That's awesome stuff. I um, I'm making sure we're prepped for. Oh, that's weird. That broke the region there. I'm make sure the preview is good to go. I uh, I I had spoken to Taryn the first time. This has got to be three BlizzCons ago now. And if you go back. In the, the, in the depths of my YouTube channel, I actually had spoken to Chris Metzen back in the day as well about machinima and, and voice acting and stuff like that too. So I had, I had similar tracks with, with getting information from like the big boys, right? The guys that have done this for so long. And there's so many little mm-hmm. things that, that they're so willing to, to openly help with and whatnot and, and, and help the us little guys, us community nerds that want to make things in this, in this world and, and create together that it's, it's been an amazing resource, too. So definitely a big shout-out to, to Taron Gregory. But he's a butt. He's still he's still such a butt. Um, he's a butt. He is. But next up, I'm going to plug some things real quick that chat may or may not have heard about. And uh, first of all, of course, is I have to, to plug this guy, these guys' YouTube channel, right? So the Lost Codex YouTube channel has been popping up on your screen here a couple of times. But it's just youtube.com forward slash the Lost Codex. You can go jump over to their YouTube channel and check out all the different videos they have together and put out. So remember the Hollow Core very specific uh, videos that are about, you know, the artifact weapons they're doing a lot right now. Here's the history of Suramar and the Nighthold if you want to check that out after the show. I just watched the Halls of Valor video the other day actually too. That was really neat. I uh, uh, Cliff notes, Odin is a dick. Just like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, his 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 wrap up like the uh, part two of his jackassery is actually the, oh? the big script I'm working on right now. Um, oh, mm. the last the last couple of days I've been working. It's going to be a bigger episode. It's going to be part two of that that oh, chapter, cool. and it it starts off right with Odin being a, a dick. He's a, such a such, dick. But I and you know what? We always see that. We always see like these godlike characters, and uh, not just in WoW, but in anything, and they have no flaws. So. You know, Odin's this this being, this godlike being, and I'm kind of glad that he's he's got like a dark past, he's got like a dark history, and I'm kind of yeah. glad that we just didn't kill him because he was a dick a million years ago. Uh, he's involved in 7.2 in a lot of things. He's just little spoilers. I don't know if you guys any warriors here, but one of the scenes in 7.2 is his Valajar just teleporting onto the front lines and they're dying, and then the Valkyrie just re- resurrecting them over and over and over again. So he's got this unlimited endless army and i'm kind of like that's so badass but then you know his history and you're kind of like okay this guy is very majorly flawed yeah no he is an interesting character and i'm I'm glad there's more on on him coming out and again yeah go check out go check out the that that video on their channel there's plethora more of course and uh, of course the lost codex on twitter if you want to tweet at them and uh see what's coming up when they post new things of course I wanted to get another shout out really quick here to the assistant producers of Final Boss TV. Again, that is Truffles, Ludovicus, uh, Tazlin, and R4. 
Thank you very much for your support for the show on Patreon. And if you missed the little preamble, there are additional podcasts. This is the new thing. I got to keep making sure people realize this. If you are supporting the show at the epic tier higher, you get access to additional podcasts that are recorded for Patreon and only for you guys. Normally, they are just with the guests with me and we're setting up before the show. There is going to be one for this episode that's going to be live in a few days. That it's just Jesse and I talking about Lost Codex and prepping for the show and whatnot. But it's unscripted and sort of like an extra little bit for for you if you want more of the show. But there are two exclusives on this episode today. So everyone tuning in right now, of course, I'll send this out on Twitter and Facebook after this. But Exorcist recently was on the show. Their video is online. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play as well. Audio only. But Exorcist was just here for their world first. Now, if you have been around for a while... I sort of do these, like, sort of commemorative little, like, you know, slices of history, right? So they have their Mythic World First Xavius. I get together with these amazing artists. We put together these awesome shirts. And, of course, if you want to get these extra pieces of, you know, I guess history or just a way to support the show uh, as well, keep the keep the lights on, as it were. There are other ones. And there are, of course, all the different styles of, of things you can you can purchase on my Design by Human Store, right? There's the, the two Method shirts from last expansion. The Xavius one for Exorcist right now, but if you scroll down, oh, what's what's that right there? So Tutron and I have gone through a totally different style, and we are trying out something completely different with the Exorcist World First for Gul'dan, or the Demon Within shirt, and this is our first, like, very stylized, very... Almost just trying to be a shirt design shirt. And this is now available right now. Link is down below. There's a ton of different colors and styles and sweatshirts and hoodies and tank top, all other stuff too. That is the Demon Within sort of faded Illidan uh, silhouette. And then, of course, the really ridiculously awesome Gul'dan skull exploding. The only real tie to Exorcist, very subtly, of course, if you know the history of the thing, is that the X in the I is the X from their logo. But that is now available. The uh, Demon Within shirt is now live. So check the link out below if you would like to purchase one of those. DBH right now has got free shipping, uh, free worldwide shipping on all apparel if you order $75 or more. So a couple of shirts and you get free shipping. I have shipped and uh, some giveaways have gone on recently where I've uh, done giveaways for apparel on my DBH store. I pay for it. I ship it to you. International shipping is a pain in the butt, so if you can take advantage of not paying for shipping, then go for it. And of course, I'll let you guys know on the future on the live streams if there are any deals or specials going on, but the shirt is live. I'm excited. I've already ordered my own, so you'll see me wearing it on the live stream. Of course, it'll be like a heathered shirt, right? Because I don't I wear gray shirts or blue shirts only, so I'll have a gray shirt, a new gray shirt for you all soon. But that's that. Enough stuff about me plugging things let's jump back over here to our guests and let's talk about your future stuff things on the horizon for you if you can tease your viewers the audience about future plans i know you've sort of already did that so do you want me to show the preview now or do you want to sort of lead this in before i show it off? uh let me i'll lead in if you don't mind yeah sure um, so it's actually, it's, it's not quite the next episode coming up. Um, oh, okay. we're still kind of, we're still developing the, the fine tunings of what's, what's going to do with it. It's, but it's the newest format coming up. And so we've got the codex and we've got the holocore format. 
We've got a new format coming up. The uh, the st- it's all all kind of placeholder right now. We're still we're still working on it, but pretty much so. The codex covers major chapters in in Azeroth and Warcraft lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Holocore covers individual um, storylines and like like the weapons, and we also cover like certain races and stuff like that. Very quick summaries. And I thought, what could we use? What could we do? For character summaries, what can we talk about the background of certain characters, like a full-on background oh. of Uther, of Jaina, of Garrosh, of all these characters? What can we do with that? And at first, we wanted to do like a a tapestry painting, like an animated painting style. Um, but then we kind of we came up with this. Jeff came up with uh, this kind of idea. We'll go ahead and play. Go ahead and show that. Okay, I will now. Hit the buttons. This is a preview of something new on the works for these gentlemen. Here we go. ends a little abruptly because that's all I was given but that is I love the transition from the little statue to the heroes of the storm model of Varian it's really good it's really good we uh so for this one actually I I I forget that we have access to the heroes of the storm model Mm. so when we're discussing this we're we're thinking that Varian's going to be our first character so when Jeff and I were kind of playing with this I I said we should bring up Varian, and I kind of cringed because I was like, "Oh God, Varian's in-game model or his previous in-game model was uh, was very, very old." And so then when I saw this, I was like, "Holy crap!" Because I forgot that he's a he's a heroes thing. So yep. I forgot that Jeff kind of had access to that. Didn't even think of that. So when I saw that transition, because you actually see his old model in the form of the statue that's spinning, and then this HD modern piece of work right here i'm kind of like oh thank god i'm so glad we have this because <laughs> we uh we were going to resort to because we mentioned hypnos earlier um i wanted to say earlier hypnos is actually he's uh he's, he's on deviant art and he he makes his own custom models he takes existing models and he edits them and then he he'll take characters that aren't in lore uh that right. sorry that aren't in game and he'll make models for them so he he made a Mimiron model, like what Mimiron looked like before his body exploded, <laughs> and it it was mind blowing. It was amazing, and he he had nothing to go off of it. He had nothing, no. Uh, I'm gonna link this in chat right here. No uh, previous kind of uh, knowledge or or what to go off of. So we just made this mm-hmm. model. Anyway, we use a lot of his stuff. We we communicate with him often, and he lets us use his stuff. And he has a really cool variant picture that we we're gonna use. And then Jeff pulls up this one, and I'm like, "Never mind, we're good. We're gonna use this one because this is <laughs> yeah. this, this this works brilliant." Yeah, he um, yeah, 
Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Those uh, those, those heroes of the storm uh, models are actually from the source model uh, source filmmaker. Oh, okay. Um, they are getting ported into that by I don't know who, but uh, they are like it's not it's not definitely not instant. So like for example, the Probius uh, will probably not be in it for at least a couple of weeks after after it's gone live. Um, but yeah, that 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 gives me the 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 chance to get those models, put them in front of a green screen, and then uh, use them. And especially if, uh, if you recall um, Medivh versus uh, versus Aegwin, uh, the the build up that Medivh model is actually from Heroes of the Storm as well, because well, yeah, the the, the Medivh model we have in Live Wow is I think back from the, the Burning Crusade days. Probably. Yeah. Black morass days. <laughs> Uses a night elf skeleton. Oh god. Oh wow. Now you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I I knew of Hypnos. I don't know if he's watching right now. Uh, I don't know if he's peeked his head into chat or anything like that. But I I think I would definitely have use or desire for his his skills in the future. So I'll have to uh, send him a message because I I've been aware. And ever since I saw your channel, because you have him credited in some of the art we have in some of your videos, I, I've always been... Like, this stuff to me, because I, again, I have ideas, I have the, the direction and the writing and the, the, the producing side, but I can't... I can't... St my storyboards are awful, right? They, they are... And those are just storyboards. This is bad. I can't draw. I, I don't have the artistic side of this stuff to, to go for. So this is... Oh. I... Artists of, of this self-taught caliber like with jeff sitting right here like this stuff is really really amazing i really really like this stuff it's it's too good and just for the record i can't draw either so uh -huh. it's not, uh, doesn't come uh, doesn't come <laughs> with the package right yeah. you, you you can draw squiggly lines that turn into lightning bolts I can, so that's pretty i good. can draw brilliant squiggly lines but yeah <laughs> like i can draw storyboards of like stick figures no problem anything else oh boy do you kind of kind of what I was uh, saying yesterday in the chat yesterday with the with the with your Patreon call right is in the screen directions when I write the screen directions I usually try to find if I have to make a custom model the model viewer I know that's a lot of work so if there's something specific I want I'll I'll, I'll make it or I'll send a link so Jeff doesn't have to go digging and oftentimes I'll say in in short make ABC. And then he goes and makes A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And he makes it just that much more. He'll say, how's this? And I'm like, that's totally 10 times better than what I was picturing. So oh, no. it, yeah. it kind of, it, it, the screen directions are there. And then he kind of takes his creative approach to that. So the... But let's add more laser. Honestly, just, we're going to do an entire episode <laughs> on lasers. Just the Holocore <laughs> episode features lasers. I, I mean... There, there is definitely a market for like the funny videos, like the the really quick ones that like kind of make fun of your own craft. So you could do like a ninety second supercut of everything is lasers. <laughs> the holocore, the holocore presents lasers. I mean, you could do something. I mean, you gotta if you can't make right. fun of yourself, then we'll just yeah. make up some lore about Ulduar lasers and stuff. Hey, you could. I mean, did you see Nobel's recent video and title of his video and the purpose of it? I mean, you gotta, you gotta. You gotta be funny stuff now and then. The whole like not clickbait, clickbait video that he made. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I watched it. It's good stuff. So, but uh, you you brought up that bit at the end there. Um, but 
is there anything you'd like to just say real quick before we go to the the Q&A section to just your fans or supporters? Just like carte blanche just right here at the camera. Well, Jesse can't at the camera. He's a spinning sphere right now. But still, I mean, Jesse, do you want anything to say to your to the folks out there on the Internet? Uh, I'll just be cheesy and just thank our thank our fans. Um, I don't think Jeff and I really expected this to blow up. Uh, so fast and so big we this was just uh, a side project just to keep doing stuff on the side and the amount of support we've had both from uh, new subscribers people who've never heard of us we've have I've been sent messages people who've never played the game before that have tried the game because of our videos which was really cool to me because my goal was to make it accessible to both lore lovers Oh, there I am on screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, lore lovers <laughs> and people who know lore and people who don't know lore um, so when I see people kind of giving all this praise, it, it's, I, I, I think both Jeff and I are pretty shocked about how big it, it exploded. So we're really thankful to that. Thankful to Blizzard because Blizzard's been awesome in supporting us, um, with the Odin feature, the Battle.net Suramar feature. Um, we've, I've had, it was really cool to go to BlizzCon and have Blizzard developers geek out on me. Uh, we had, uh, Dave Kozak, who's now on the Hearthstone team. I went to give him our business card and. He kind of freaked out. He's like, "Wait, this is you?" And he fan fanboyed on he, us, which was yeah, yeah which yeah. was so so weird uh, yeah. to be on the other end of the the <laughs> fanboy table. So, mm -hmm. it just Blizzard themselves has been super supportive. Um, people reaching out in the community, you having us on the show. This is a huge being interviewed, even though we're awkward as hell in your video at BlizzCon. Uh, it was still kind of cool. After Jeff and I were talking about, it, it was kind of a neat experience. So was this. We definitely yeah. want to come back. So. Literally just thanking everyone who watches our videos, all of the support, people giving us shout-outs. I'll let Jet talk because I haven't stopped talking for two minutes straight. <laughs> well, there's one uh, advantage to that. It means like you basically said everything I would like to say. Thank you to, to everyone at Blizzard who's been uh, helping us and who's been like cheering us on. Every Thanks to all the, the fans that, we, that we've got. I mean, I can remember like the moment uh, that the Lost Codex channel actually like um, went over my, my my old private channel where I used to host all my uh, like normal machinima movies. It broke that subscriber count in like the first month or like the second month. I'm like okay, I, I guess it's working. Mm -hmm. It's and it's been like a it's been a very wild and very fun ride ever since. That's awesome. Well, hopefully many many uh, any more amazing projects to to come. And we'll go from there. But if chat, if you have questions for for Jeff and Jesse, please feel free to post them now. And we'll basically go question to question. And uh, the first one that I guess I had, so that chat has some time, was what has been your your biggest hurdle that you've experienced in building any video? Like, has any any one part of a video been like this? ridiculous thorn in your side that you just uh just made you like want to quit the project or move on or change everything like was there something in particular that was just that that thorn in your side that may give you like the heebie-jeebies of the nightmares like what is anything anything like that i can uh like chime in on that one at least a little bit yeah. um there was like a period when uh the um the legion uh, model viewer wasn't working yet and it must have been like i think uh, one of the the night elf episodes we did and we needed to show like the nightwell night elves or at least having them wear night, the nightwell gear 
And the only way we could like get that was the the Wowhead model viewer because that one was working. Okay. But you can't put it on a, a green screen. You can't get the the, the background uh, away easily. So the way I solved that was like I was like literally grabbing screenshots from my putting up on the desktop, grabbing screenshots and like cutting out all the characters, like drawing a mask around them. Oh gosh. Some some of those shoulder pieces are like so detailed. So I was like, all right, you want a, you want a night elf in this shot? All right, that's what, exactly what you're getting. You get one night elf <laughs> next shot. Oh, you want another night elf? God damn it! And another and so on and so on. Yeah. So that was like that was definitely one of those projects. I was like, okay, I'm starting to regret starting this project. There's one that I could think of specifically. Shortly after that, we were talking about the hunter survival weapon. And the story of Holland High Mountain. Mm, and yeah. in Holland's story, he gets new antlers. Moose antlers. And they're not available on the model viewer. Yeah. But they're kind of yeah. important to the story. Like, they're very important to the story. And the only thing we could do was use the Wowhead. But the Wowhead model viewer, but the Wowhead model viewer wasn't really working with the antlers. And they were dark no, and green. Were like, those antlers no, just didn't work. They had, I, don't, I don't think they had, they had no texture or they were... the color was off i can't remember jeff but that yeah, they had they had no texture and the way that model viewer shows it is like it's like one bland color so i think it was like bright blue or something it was really weird and i kind of thought for a moment oh we'll just not use them and then i thought about it i'm like no this is actually like crucial to the story and it was just to the point where i i don't know what we ended up doing in the end i think I we yeah uh... um yeah I, I think i remember what, what i did i was like i went in game to like the nearest high mountain tauren i could find and then like jumped around it because my gnome is he's a gnome so the camera point is slightly lower than normal characters oh, so no, i was like you... jumping around trying to get like, what, that one split second of footage that i could like freeze frame and cut them out and <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> that well that was that was exactly uh, one of the same kind of projects like oh god please no more tauren well that's it's funny you both bring up that sort of situation because uh, I have the, the workaround I was talking about earlier. I will I will get the workaround to you to help alleviate that. Of course, the long term goal again is to get the WoW 3D tool, but uh, there's a workaround that I can help you with with that situation. Hopefully, and we'll talk about that later. But going over to the chat, so uh, Jan asks about the uh, the books. So he said, um, "Haven't read uh, the book yet, but he got the Last Guardian from the bookstore." And the way you spoke about the Chronicle series, it sounds like it's an over-encompassing lore book. In the future, though, should I uh, just get the lore books instead of the Rise of the Horde book or the War of the Ancients trilogy, etc., and the like? So comparing the, the Chronicle to, like, the standalone uh, story or trilogy books. So to answer that one, um, I, I still think don't, like, re read both. Definitely read both. Um, yeah. I would read the stories first, so read The Last Guardian, read Rise of the Horde first. Um, but keep in mind that that was a different age for Blizzard, so a lot of that has changed. Um, specifically, I could think of something in Rise of the Horde. There's a pretty significant lore change coming in Volume 2 that's different from Christy Golden's Rise of the Horde. It doesn't change a lot of lore, but it does change enough that you're going to read one or the other, and you're going to be like, okay, it's different. Chronicle 2, Chronicle anything, will be 100% canon. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, and there's mention to it in in same with the the War of the Ancients and Chronicle One talks about a lot of that stuff. So I'd still read the stories, the, the those books to get the the feel for the characters and learn about the individual smaller plot lines. But 
go back and read Chronicle as a summary, um, if not for the summary itself, but for the art inside, because the art's phenomenal, yeah. just to kind of get the the fixes of, oh, okay, so they did change that. That part wasn't answered, but now it is answered. So I would, uh, I'd do both. I'd say read the stories first and then read Chronicle as a, as a, as a wrap up. Yeah, the, the Chronicle, a very fancy wrap up. Yeah, the Chronicle sort of written encyclopedia style with like entries, and it's very, like, not cut and dry, but like the the lore and what happened is very to the point. It doesn't very have codexy. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have it doesn't have like dialogue and and story building and that kind of character stuff like that the same way. It's very much a encyclopedia. So, yeah. Um, uh, is it is that uh Yavro Godney? I can't pronounce the name. Yavero Dagney. Yavero Dagney. Oh my goodness. Uh so for Jesse, uh tacos or burritos? <laughs> uh tacos. And for reference, Jeff, that's Mike asking that question. Oh, okay. Uh. Someone you know. <laughs> we we know that. We know that person. You didn't have to read that one. But tacos, tacos. Uh, every question. Tacos. Every question. Every question. Let's do it. Now you said tacos, but now, now it's crunchy or soft shell. Oh, ooh. You're, you're asking a deep question. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in a couple hours. <laughs> this, this isn't fair. Uh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, crunchy. No, soft shell. Oh, gosh. Right, then I'm going to pick crunchy. Both. Both. At the same time? Yes, one on each end. Wow. Double fisting. Okay, okay. Uh, Roderick asked, favorite item of the new WoW cookbook? I haven't dabbled in the new WoW cookbook. Have either of you? Uh, I got it for Christmas. Oh. Uh, it's really really cool um i'm i'm not i'm not much of a drinker but the alcohol drinks in it alone look amazing <laughs> like the cider there's uh there's a great there's a great they father winter great father winter ale that looks really good um mm. there's like a hearth uh, hearth glen ambrosia and uh there's a lot of like chilies and stuff like that it looks really cool they have and some exotic recipes too like one of the dwarven iron forge recipes is they actually use haggis in the recipe um, and I was surprised because you don't see haggis used in everyday recipes. So I haven't, I haven't actually tried anything from it, but I'd say the the desserts look the coolest and the, the alcoholic drinks look the best. Hmm. Interesting. I'm bringing it up in the little B-roll section here. Yeah. Honey spiced lichen, iron forge rations. What's, what's cool about Cherry that oh, is the yeah, first... Hearth her first 20 pages is them preparing like just traditional spices and stuff but there's about 20 there's about like seven different spices like ancient pandaran spices and night elf spices and all these different spices that they reference later in the book so when you're making a pandaran dish they tell you to add pandaran herbs and when i was reading it the first time oh. i'm like what the hell are pandaran herbs and then there's an actual <laughs> recipe for pandaran herbs that's pretty cool yeah, it's really cool i i highly recommend grabbing it it's a heavy duty book too it's it's like you could you know, hurt someone with it too. It's it's hardcover. Beat someone to death with it. I don't recommend that, but you know, it's a big book. It yeah. is. Hmm. That is very very cool. I haven't yeah I haven't uh, dabbled in that book yet. How about uh, what are your favorite characters in lore? If you each have a favorite character, I'll let Jeff answer this one first because I got to think. Um. I could probably come up with something better, but I always, uh, uh, I think she was called uh, Kindy Sparkshine, the little gnome. Oh, no, Jeff. Of, uh, oh, Jaina. no, Jeff. Oh. Yeah. Why did you do that? Why did you bring up Kindy? Exactly oh. for that reason. Oh, Fine. no. That is Terran. 
uh, finally have like a gnome main-ish character. And then, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, that. I need to... Um... And then her father in Dalaran every evening at like 9 p.m. or something. Yeah, it's he like... walks around. He does walk around. I was going to dig back through. I was trying to find... Because we did... Because um, Kindy is a big part of War Crimes, at least for a side story we were going to do a branching episode of, or part of an episode of, and we made um, art for her, like what she would actually look like. And I don't think I have that art on my computer right now. I think it's backed up. Yeah, it's not here. I was going to bring that up on screen. The amazing art that uh, Fernone made of Kindy was... It's so good. If you don't know the story of Kindy... It's in the um, because it's, it's tides of tides of war, right? Yeah, tides, tides of war. Yeah. Tides of war. Yep. Jane is first and only apprentice, and the reason why she's her only is because of what happens to her. But all right, Jesse, what about yours? Um, I like every aspect of lore, but I'm gonna say if I had to pick one, I'm a big fan of Grom. Um, I was super stoked to see him come back in Warlords, and because the story's kind of left open. Not sure how I feel about the end of Warlords, but I, I'm eager to see where they go in the future mm -hmm. with him. Um, I I love Orcish culture and I love Draenei culture. That's why I'm really excited for 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 Chronicle Two. So I had a hard time picking, but I'm gonna just stick with my boy Hellscream. Seeing him in the movie, just a very small reference to him, but seeing him in the movie was kind of a a fist pump moment for me. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stick with Grom, but. There's there's dozens of characters I could have chosen. Yeah, I just found it too, latest. So interesting. So now you said Grom, but do you mean you mean Grom Hellscream like original Warcraft three, not the Gromosh from Warlords of Draenor? Uh both. So I like okay. I, I was excited to see Gromosh in in Warlords. I think that with the way Warlords was uh how the storyline came out, I think there was a couple chapters that was that was missed with Blizzard. A lot of people like to hate on that last cinematic because Grom is, you know, cheering Draenor is free, all the stuff, and we were just fighting him. But I think there's a lot of background story there, and I really, I really want Blizzard. I hope Blizzard goes back and just writes a little follow up, like a tr not a trial because we know how that happened last time with the last mm -hmm. house cream. But at least having, like, people said, you know, Yorel should have just... In, I got into a conversation with Taryn about this, that Yorel should have just bashed his head in. And the whole star was like, did you not did you not follow Yorel's storyline? Like, that's not who what she would have done at all. So I really hope that because Grom got his ass handed to him hard, or Gromash, rather, that we see him again. But just the character itself, both what Garrosh did and going back to kind of redeem his dad and... Right. The parallels of alternate Grom and main Grom, and then alternate Grom realizing who Garrosh was. I like that aspect of it. And I know that there's a cliffhanger. I know that there were not, I hope we're not quite done with Gromash, but uh, I'd say both. Hmm. Fair enough. Sounds good. Yeah, there was sort of a follow up question to that about, um, I guess, your friend Mike. Uh, so, any plans to revisit <laughs> some of the earlier artifact weapons, such as the Shadow Priest Dagger? Has there been a lot of new info on them since their release? And I guess that dovetails into what are your thoughts on like that updating an old video kind of thing to make it more relevant? Because a lot of extra work to like bring it and update it. I don't know what your thoughts on are, are on those so, kind of things. 
Jeff and I have actually talked about that. We want to, I think, finish the, the the main artifacts now. But yeah. we okay. did drop. We did not. I don't want to say drop the ball, but the lore wasn't available at the time. So our very first Holocore episode, I believe, covers three weapons silver, in like a minute. Yeah, three weapons in a minute and twelve seconds, or something stupid like that. And we only we had very limited lore uh, accessible at the time. So. Hmm. I want to definitely. We want to go back and do it, and but let's. We're gonna finish the main artifacts, and then Shadow Priest Dagger is probably one of my favorite weapons out there. She is so saucy, yeah. Um, and I really want to talk about her, and I want to talk about Truth Guard, and I want to talk about the Elemental Fist weapon. So, yes, I will give a Blizzard answer soon when it's ready. <laughs> there it TM. is. Tm, tm. That's fair. I'm sure Jeff's just on board to make awesome arty stuff and go for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like this, the same thing. I mean, b uh, back in the day uh, when we first did uh, the Holocore episode, we would have had to like level a character to uh, level to level 110 uh, on the PTR on the on, on the on the beta realm to even start getting those bits of lore. And like, that's not gonna that's not going to happen because we would be working on that for like three weeks for a single video. That's yeah. The the artifact um, lore that comes from your artifact book, like the knowledge book, when you level up your Artifact yeah, power, that wasn't wide, like that wasn't available un unless you, as Jeff said, did it in game. And then about, I want to say, right towards the end of everything, WoW had just released all of the entries at once. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. And it basically, I, there's a period in time where our, our Holocore videos are very limited and short, and then they skyrocket and there's so much information. It's like, what happened there? Well, WoW had got that, their information and it suddenly wasn't a a uh, a hunt for the lore. So yeah, well, definitely to answer Yvera Dagny's question, Mike, we will be doing that. Yes. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, there was something... Yeah, Latus asked about... Um, this is sort of why I want to do the same thing, Latus. So, so expansion transitions can be rough and exclude the community... War Crimes, Tomb of Sargeras, sort of these small series is of extra story or things that are only told in the novelizations, right? And if you don't, like, that's the biggest part of why I want to make War Crimes a episodic, right? Basically a movie cut into ten parts because it, it would fit the story. It would be sort of uh, just, it, it would really help bridge the gap because so many things happen in the end of Mr. Pandaria, the little short stories on the website, and then the War Crimes book that tie those two expansions together. Because if you just, like, quit WoW, came back in Pandaland, and then all of a sudden we're in Worlds of Draenor, and the back-in-time alternative dimension time bubble thing, you're like, huh? Yeah. So, we thoughts on those to stories? To answer that question, uh, I love those stories. I'm a huge fan of Christy Golden, so I definitely, I think it'd be cool to have that as, as chapters. Um, codex episodes. So, um, but at the same time, it's very central to Garrosh and Anduin, so maybe it would be a kind of uh, individual character summary. I don't know. I'd definitely like to cover those um, because Tides of War to tie Cataclysm and Mist together was crucial. Everyone's kind of like, you know, when it came out in game, why are we attacking Theramore? The book explains it, but there wasn't a lot of explanation in game. Yeah. The in-game so cinematic was like, oh, there are a couple of goblins, and they dropped a bomb, and okay. Yeah. Why are we doing that? So I definitely want to cover that and the impact of Garrosh kind of igniting that war and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So 
I definitely want to. There's so much lore to cover, um, but I'd say Christy Golden books are one of my favorite. Like she's one of my favorite Blizzard authors. So if there's going to be any priority, it's definitely going to be towards her stuff. So war crimes, tides of war, stuff like that. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, there's some. There's something very. I mean, Blizzard can't tell everything, right? And they definitely have gotten. Better, a lot of Legion story is very self-contained and very in the game. Like, even the extra stuff with Illidan, all of the Illidan storyline, it's totally just all just storyline and lore and backstory. Or the stuff with Cadgar and, like, setting up the Army of Light and bringing that to Gar. And then, of course, the Exodar side story with Velen and his son and all this other stuff. Spoilers, I guess, if you haven't done that quest line yet. Um, is very helpful with tying everything together and it's so the labor of love in legion is obviously very very shown it's it's the most one of the most overwhelming if not the most overwhelming expansion from a story and just the gameplay itself mechanics yeah artifact power farming um but there are definitely things in the past that we just these huge holes so yeah that would be very awesome to get those done that'd be great uh there's sort of a so there's a couple of like little questions, I guess, here. Uh, that was like your favorite lore moment, or Blood Helper asks, what's your most hated part of the Warcraft lore? I think I like the, the I guess, most despised or most ick part. Is there something that, that really irks you about Warcraft lore that comes to mind? That's a That might be a little bit of a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I could go for the easy answer and, like, there's not enough known lore, but uh, that's well. easy. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. I mean, like, how many times have we tried to take back our city and still failed? Yeah. It's poor gnomes. Yeah. It's poor gnomes. But I guess the, the other question is, do you guys have a... Uh, Be Nerdy asked, where do you think we will go after Argus? But that's sort of a, what's the next expansion? What are your thoughts on that? Are you on the Ooh. same same train? Oh, I, I, oh. I'm on I'm on that board. Uh, I've been saying it for years, but we're we're going we're we're gonna go fight Nazoth next. I'm I am I am on board that train like no tomorrow. I have been hyping for a Naga expansion for years, and I hope it happens. I keep saying it. I've been saying it since before Cataclysm. Oh, the next one's Naga. Then it's no Deathwing. Okay, the next one's Naga. Nope, it's pandas okay the next one's <laughs> definitely naga nope it's nope, time traveling orcs all right we got the naga here nope it's the legion so honestly what are they going to pull out next i hope it's naga i really want to see zandalar i really want to see undermine i really yeah. want to see kulturas um and i, I want to see nazoth finally i want to see what he's up to that's why i want to talk about the shadow priest dagger and i said yeah. how saucy she is she she's been talking a lot she says a lot and uh, I Blizzard loves to to hint and to sneak at stuff like that. So I'm on board that train, definitely. Mm -hmm. We're 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 coming back after Argus and we're gonna find a whole lot of water. I hope so. Yeah, there are two videos I think just came out. I think Bellular made one and Nobles made one about the, the next expansion. And I, I wonder because they make these all the different YouTubers out there that make these and I sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Maybe. And then we go to Draenor, and we're like, well, that... Okay. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I hope it's... We go to Argus, we come back, and the planet's flooded. Yeah. 
I mean, look what happened when the last time we went somewhere to kick a dude's ass, we went uh, to Northrend and killed yep. Arthas. And by the time we got back home, uh, this dragon that was popped out of uh, the ground murdered everything. Something's going to happen. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, this is a so Jan asked a follow up question about the authors in the books. And I don't really have much of an opinion on these. I haven't read as many as. Um, as these fine gentlemen may have, but um, opinions on Richard Knack. I guess there's Richard Knack and there's Christy Golden. Is there one other author that's written WoW books? Can't. Um. Oh yeah, he wrote the Vol'jin story. Um, Michael Stackpole. Okay. Um, I'm I'm a fan of Knack because I used to read Knack's books back when he wrote Dragonlance. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of flames mm. around Knack. A lot of people don't like Knack, and I, I. As a famous author, you're going to get criticism. And I think it was just a circle jerk train. People jumped on board that. Um, but I was a big fan of Nack's earlier works. Um, his works with Warcraft novels, the the War of the Ancients isn't my favorite series. But it's not his fault. It's, I'm just, I wasn't interested at the time when I read it for the War of the Ancients, I'd say. Um, and okay. time travel, I felt, was awkward in it. Um, and time travel is always awkward, so it's not criticism on him. I, it's just my personal opinion. Right. Um, but there's a lot, you know, you, you go, if you just write the words Richard Knack on the story forum, you're going to have a million nerds attack you. Uh, there's this weird circle jerk to hate him, and I don't really think it's fair, but, you know, that's the internet for you, I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. I sort of... Not to discredit the authors, but I sort of like almost take them away from the the piece and just focus on the actual story and the book itself, right? So, but I I I definitely I gave a little bit of a uh, an elbow to uh, to Christy Golden when I was working on and, and when I read War Crimes, and I was like, she was really into Game of Thrones when she wrote this book. Because you can tell with how compartmentalized each like story piece feels, and they all kind of blend together toward the end. It's very Game of Thronesy. Very. So you can definitely. Oh yeah. Which is fine. It's it's a great great book, but I know it's gonna be. I haven't read a lot of the other stories to to know how the different authors really wiggle around in there. But speaking of authors, unless Jeff has something to add about the books. Nope. I just. Uh, I mean, I've. I got like if I'm looking to the side, I can see at least two uh, Christy Golden World of Warcraft uh, books, and I've got the uh, Essence Creed book she wrote recently as well. So I definitely right. like what she does, and I don't think I've got any of I've read any of the other books. Uh, so yeah. How about? I assume both of you have seen the movie. Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts on the film? That'll be the last question we take. What are your thoughts on the film, Jeffrey? I mean, analyze it from, like, your sort of perspective, right? So what do you think of the movie from With Your Eyes, Jeff? What do you think of the of the film? Very, very, very pretty. <laughs> I loved, right. uh, I loved the, the, the spell effects and all that. And uh, I, th I think they really did, uh, they did it justice. Um, there was, like, a little bit... It felt a little bit awkward that, like, everyone calling uh, Medivh Guardian, Guardian, Guardian. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to call him Guardian every time you meet him. Like, just a bit, um, you could definitely see, like, they were a bit too much introduction to all, uh, to everything. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of, like, 
the the action, how it all looked, the orcs were amazing, and uh, the spell effects of like, as a, from a from a graphical point of view, it's like yes, give me more of this. No, I definitely I definitely agree, Jesse. What do you think of the the Warcraft film? I I, I loved it. It's it's hard for me to criticize it because it's a bit of a fanboy mentality. But right. when I go back and and look at it, the thing that gets me is is the pacing. And I know there was something like forty seven minutes cut. From legend, like legendary cut, forty-seven minutes at the end of it, which I know I'm, I'm pretty sure Duncan Jones himself, like a lot of people, were upset with that because the pacing just felt so rushed. And like the first war, even though that technically wasn't the full first war, it's supposed to take place over the course of like a year to a year and a half, and that was like five days, or it felt like five days, and just it, it didn't feel um, like even in 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 Lord of the Rings, like there's the, the moving of mass troops and supplies and setting up, you know, camps and stuff like that, even though it's three hours long, it still makes it feel like it's going on for months and months at a time. So I felt the pacing was awful, not awful, awkward. Yeah, there um, you go. that's worse. But, but because they did things too fast and they tried to introduce too many plot lines and then they didn't do the main plot line, which is how the, I thought the movie was supposed to end totally differently. But the characters I really liked, I really liked how they gave, um, some character to Varian's mom, which we mm -hmm. find out in Chronicle 2, Lady Taria is now officially canon, so Ooh. she's now officially in not just Warcraft lo movie lore, but she's actually, I don't think she's Lothar's sister in real lore, but I think that oh, okay. her Varian's mom is officially named Lady Taria. Um, the orcs were the best part. Um, oh, yep, yep. Every time the orcs were on screen, I, I was worried for the first two years when we were waiting for like official previews and then the, like comic-con got a little bit of an exclusive preview people were saying that the orcs looked awful and i was like oh god this is the like they can't have a movie about orcs and the orcs look bad and then we saw the orcs at blizzcon 2015 i guess and i i was blown away there was yeah they looked so realistic as to an orc how an orc should look how they moved how they talked their facial expressions, uh, the size of them. Like, I was worried they were going to make them just, like, slightly taller than humans. And no, like, they're scary as hell. Um, I really like to see it a little bit more rated R, but they were already limited with their audience, so I get why it was PG-13. It was still pretty brutal for a PG-13 movie. Like, there was that one orc who crushed the dude's skull on the helmet, and you you knew what happened. You didn't see anything, but you heard the the soft crunch. I like the movie altogether. As Jeff said, the spell effects were really cool. I was really impressed with that. But I, I hated that it just didn't get the popularity it needed. And I'm hoping mm. that Legendary gives it a second chance. I'm hoping that we see, yeah. spoilers, yeah. the sacking of Stormwind. And I want to see Orgrim Doomhammer step up. I want to see the Alliance in its full form. Uh, I want to see Grom do a little bit more than stand there awkwardly with Gorhowl. I want to see him kill someone with a Gorhal. I want to see him cut him someone in half with it. So, I hope there's a second one. I hope I hope Duncan Jones gets many more opportunities because he yeah. he nailed it. He nailed it out of the park. Even though he was strangled half the time by restrictions and cutting by legendary and stuff like that. Yeah, it seemed like they were scared, and I don't know why. I feel like the movie would have been a lot better and more acclaimed and and have a wider reach if the movie was longer. And had a little bit more slow roll in the beginning because the first 20 minutes or so is so jarring that you lose the potential of new audience versus if it was like a, a fantasy epic and it was a longer film. I feel like that would have really resonated better 
with with the audiences and critics to to ease you into this world of Warcraft in parentheses. So yeah, but it was I thought it was great. I was there for the premiere. Like I went to the red carpet, so I'm jealous. I was I was lucky enough to go to the red carpet for that, which now chat's gonna get mad at me because I still haven't finished editing and putting that video online from forever ago. I wow. have so much footage. I know, right? See? Well too many too many eggs in my basket. So. Yeah, I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have. I think I recorded like a whole lot of uh, stuff for the, the 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 legendary staff in Cataclysm, the one from Firelands and all that. Mm-hmm. I was going to make it into like a machinima movie because I got it, but back back then I was still raiding, and I was the lucky first one uh, to get it in my guild. And I was like, I'm gonna make a movie out of this, and it's still sitting on my hard drive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> it happens. But yeah. uh, outside of that, I think we're at just about time. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add or, or toss out there to to anyone on YouTube or on Twitch or anything? Um, no, I just we're actually going to be starting up our Twitch channel soon. We, oh, um, there you go. I, I'm I'm talking in chat here, so we're we're kind of working that out. We want to figure out what we're going to stream and if people would be interested in that. I don't know how many people would be interested in that. So, um, but yeah, we're hoping to get a Twitch channel off the off the ground here soon and if honestly if people have any questions or just want to shoot the shit we're always open on twitter facebook i respond on facebook pretty fast twitter pretty sure our dms are open so if you got a private question and you don't want to type it in 140 characters ask us shoot us an email um if you have any we have a lot of people asking technical questions about how to do this and how to do that so um, jeff is always quick to get a, a detailed answer for that um so don't don't be shy. Just send us a message. We're on Instagram. We post the slides to Instagram. We have a Patreon account if anyone cares. Uh, what else we got? I think that's it. Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, Instagram. I'll have all the links, of course, in the video description box below if, if you uh, need the, the clickables. But I think I think we're good with that. I'm going to hit the button, the, the, the prophesized right. button of, of closing time. Thank you and for having us. And there it is. Yeah. Well, Thank yeah. you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode number 130 of Final Boss TV, the Lost Codex Community Spotlight. Once around again for our guests, we had Jeff, who is the evil mastermind behind all of the visuals and sound yes. and graphics and design for Lost Codex. You can go check out Lost Codex again on YouTube at The Lost Codex. And thank you, Jeff, for your time today. It was a pleasure to have you. Not a problem. Thank you for having us. And keep keep on keeping on with all those laser lights and, and the squiggly lines. I will. I will. And there's Jesse, the uh, the mastermind behind all the, the writing, the directing, and the voice of the Lost Codex. Again, you can go check out their Twitter at the Lost Codex. They're very hard to find. Their branding is all over the place. It's terrible. But <laughs> Jesse, thank you for being on the show again, sir. One more time for chat. Here's your face. Say something when your face is on the screen. Say something. Blah, blah, blah. Welcome back to another episode of The Lost Codex, channel dedicated to the people, places, and histories of Azeroth's universe. I don't think you, I don't think you say it in this face, but I'll take it. No, 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 I don't. don't, Well, I might record me (laughs) one day doing that. I don't know what I'm looking at. I think I'm looking at the pep in the background there. Yeah, you're looking. (laughs) That was, that's totally fine. But thank you very much for tuning in this episode. Of course, everyone in chat, thank you very much for watching. Next week's episode, 131, we're going back to classes. If you have kept up on Twitter, then the Twitter poll ended with Havoc Demon Hunter, then Shadow Priest, and then right behind, 
Holy Discipline Priest, and then Vengeance Demon Hunter. Those are the next four shows. So next Sunday will be a sit-down with Havoc Demon Hunters. We'll talk about the uh, the new kill on the DPS block. I'll be sitting down with Kib, who does a lot of things and spreadsheets and whatnot in the Discord. And then Dreams will also be here. We'll talk about Havoc for about two hours. A little, little less than that. Maybe we'll see how the show goes. After that, again, of course, it'll be Shadow Priest, Holy Discipline, Vengeance. There's a weekend off in there because of my, my birthday weekend. And then the month of April will be four episodes dedicated to the four walks of life for Druid. Sunday, 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 Sunday in a row will be Druid, 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 Druid for Druid History Month. More details on the guests in the future. But until then, until this uh, next show next week on the live streams, trust in your seal of artifact power because that's what it's good for right now. And until then, everybody, wave bye at the nice people, Jeff, because they can't see Jesse. Wave bye. I'm waving. I'm waving. I don't believe it.